another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. The Australian workplace has changed immeasurably since the pandemic. It introduced working from home for many organisations, along with a new level of empathy as managers sought to support teams juggling homeschooling, illness and caring along with work. Hybrid work has become the norm and many jobs are now advertised as being completely flexible, meaning employers are open to part-time roles, job share, in the office attendance or working from home. It's a new world. Gemma Lloyd is the founder and CEO of Work 180 a diversity and inclusion jobs platform with a mission to raise organisational standards so that all women can choose workplaces where they can thrive. She's been a close observer of this change and a key partner for employers looking to take action to attract and retain female employees. Gemma Lloyd, welcome to the Unicorns. Thanks for having me. So Gemma, let's get started. Tell us why you started Work 180. Yeah, sure. So I worked in the tech sector prior to starting Work 180 for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I worked for mainly what I refer to now as these archaic boys club environments. And um, there were quite a number of incidences that happened over that time. But essentially, uh, there was a final straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. And, uh, and I thought to myself, if only there was a place where women could go and find employers that genuinely wanted them there and were yeah. inclusive environments. And so the idea of Work 180 came about to create a platform where women could go and find employers that may not be perfect because no company is, but were genuinely committed to diversity, equity and inclusion. Okay, so you came up with the idea of Work 180. How did you actually go about getting it off the ground and starting it initially? Yeah, so when I had the idea, I rang my co-founder, my now co-founder Valeria, and I said to her, look, I've got this idea, what do you think? And she uh, is a single mum with a son with a disability and so values support flexible working and she said this is amazing let's do it together and I said sure so uh, after that what we did was we uh, after quite a bit of research we devised some criteria that we wanted employers to meet before they could join our platform and advertise their jobs and we then went and set out about getting some employers on board to to join the platform and be transparent with their policies and benefits and meet this criteria. And this is going back to 2015. And Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting experience going into employers and saying, hey, look, you know, to to join us, you need to share what your paid parental leave is. You need to share what your flexible work policy is. And literally we would have been, we were laughed out of the room, you know. I was going to I was going to ask you what was their reaction when you started asking those sorts of questions. Well, they, you know, some of the large financial institutions said we we're not being public with that and um you know that that's private. Why why would we be public around what our policies are? The other reaction that we had was are you telling me that to join your pa- platform and I guess give you money 
I have to meet a minimum standard? No, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so we were starting to become a bit disillusioned that we had some grand dreams that might not be possible, but we stuck to it and slowly convinced five companies to come on board and be transparent and yeah and I guess you know once organizations saw that some started doing it others came along on the journey. Well let's give a shout out to some of those first clients who were the um who were the clients that took a leap of faith with you and Valeria and and signed up to be some of the the first on board the platform. Yeah, um, Minta Ellison, Accenture, and there's one more, BHP. Well, I mean, they're, they're no small uh, firms you're talking about there. So you cracked BHP, um, one of the world's biggest law firms, Minta, Ellif- Minta Ellison and Accenture. They're, they're three great companies to have on the books. Yeah, and kudos for them for taking the first step back then to be transparent with their policies and benefits. Setting up a startup business is not easy. How did you and Valeria go about funding the enterprise at the very beginning? (laughs) I was somewhat naive at the beginning around how we'd be able to get funding for this. And I uh, reached out to uh, the banks and to see if we could get a loan and the answer was no. Um, I reached out to some investors, including uh, my old boss, and he actually said, I'll give you a million dollars, but you can't, uh, I don't want you to have this minimum criteria to advertise on the platform and it can't just be for women, it needs to be for everyone. And Valeria and I turned around and said, oh, so you want us to be Sikh? Because that already exists. Mm. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. why we so we actually turned down a million dollars. Um and then really that must have been um <laughs> quite the moment, Gemma. Yeah, it was very conflicting, but we were doing this because we really wanted to drive change and so we felt it was the right thing to do, otherwise we'd be selling out. And then um anyway, we couldn't get the funding uh from those those areas. So I asked my dad for $20,000. And at the time, he was a paramedic. So, you know, it was quite a bit of money and um, gave gave that to us. And uh, anyway, it was a good decision because here we are today. And how would you describe your startup journey thus far? Probably the same as all startup journeys. And that would be a a roller coaster. But um, one that's been incredibly rewarding over the years you know when we first started I had to move out of my apartment and go back to living in a share house and sell my car Um, and then you know over time obviously we're able to pay ourselves properly and then we were able to hire people and then we raised our capital and we've raised seven and a half million dollars now to date um, which has been very exciting. We've got some amazing founders. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's just incredibly rewarding to be driving the change that we are with employers. Who are some of your key backers in the firm? Yeah, so um, Scott Farquhar from Atlassian and Kim Jackson's fund, Skip Capital, a venture capital firm called Giant Leap. They're a social impact firm. Another one called Investable. We've got some... 
uh, angel investors. So a couple of the founders from Luxury Escapes uh, have invested in us. And so we've got a we've got a good range and each of them provide different expertise and value. So very feeling very happy with that. Can you explain to our listeners, Gemma, how you work with clients to instigate change? Take us through the process. Yeah, sure. So when an employer wants to work with us, um, to we've got two sides of our platform. We've got the consumer-facing part where women can find them and apply for jobs, and then we've got the employer-facing part. Now, to access the consumer part, the employer must meet minimum standards around their pay parental leave and flexible working. If uh-huh. they don't meet those, we can still work with them internally. Now, when an employer comes on board, um, we then go through our diversity, equity and inclusion assessment. So that's a deeper dive. We give the employer a score, we benchmark them and then share with them an action plan to improve. Those those policies and benefits are made transparent out to our community and then women can research different employers, find what's important to them and apply for their available job opportunities. So essentially we're helping those employers both attract and retain gender balance And from a women's perspective, they know that they're joining an organisation that's being transparent and is on this journey of progress. What about what about those potential clients that that nearly get there, but just fall short of the mark? How do you how do you work with them to, I suppose, get them get them ready? Yeah, we have a lot of resources and guides and um, evidence around why they should uh, improve internally and their policies and benefits to join the platform sometimes a company will come back very very quickly and say great news we've got approval um other times, yeah it can literally take years sometimes it even needs a change of ceo before they can go anywhere wow what sectors are you working in Gemma? so the top sectors are technology mining, engineering, professional consulting services, and banking and finance. So probably not a lot of surprises there. Do you have any men complaining that they can't get on the platform? (laughs) (laughs) So men can go on the platform and they can apply for jobs through the platform. And we, we definitely encourage that. You know, one of the universities hired a male professor through the platform and the professor, when he went for the interview, said, look, I know I applied through Work 180, but I just really align with the values. And they hired him and they said, great, that's the type of person that we want to hire. You know, There you go. Look at that. But it's not just about um, benefits and policies for women. Gender equity is also about enabling men to be able to take up their parental leave, to be able to work flexibly you know, all of these things and and the ideas around masculinity and a men's role and the breadwinner can lead to mental health um, problems for men. So it's gender equity is really about that full picture. Let's talk about flexibility. We hear a lot about that everywhere in the media today. So what what are your observations on workplace flexibility? Would Would you say it's now a given Um, now that we're sort of dealing after the pandemic? I had high hopes after the pandemic it would be a given and we started to see that happen. But unfortunately, as you've probably seen 
in the news recently. There are some large organisations that have done a bit of a flip and said we're now mandating that people come into the office uh, a set number of days a week, four days a week, for example. I've, yes, I've been reading about that. What do you think about all of that? Well, I think that that move is disadvantaging women and other marginalised communities like people with disabilities, for example. And um, we have had a lot of inquiries come through from women saying, hey, these organisations are now mandating we come in back to the office. Do they still care about diversity, equity and inclusion? So it's really sending a very confusing message out in market. I do see that the organisations who maintain a genuine commitment to flexibility are really reaping the rewards. I was at a company office yesterday called Exa Product Development. They're a very, very technical engineering firm. They have 50-50 gender balance within their engineering team. That's unheard of to have 50-50, but they have genuine support, genuine flexibility, and, yeah, they're reaping the rewards for it. So just following on from that, Gemma, what are some of the key issues for women in the workforce right now in 2023? I think there's a disillusionment around empty promises of diversity and flexible working. Um, when we when we did our last community survey, our What Women Want report 2023, that disillusionment and distrustment was, was very, very apparent. So the fluffy marketing material saying something different. The other key issues are around how uh, skills and expertise are assessed. So there's still not the robust hiring processes that organisations need to have. And so it plays out into unconscious bias. And and so hiring decisions are made based on John gets along with Bob. They both have a, you know... uh, Play golf together. That's what I was going to say. They play golf together and... (laughs) great you know you're hired you're in and so those hiring processes need to be a lot more robust and and reviewed um so uh yeah yeah those are those are probably the the main things what about um in australia Gemma? how uh how are we tracking when it comes to things like paid parental leave now what are your observations on australian companies and how we're tracking it's getting better and better as the years go on and we're seeing a lot more paid parental leave programs become gender neutral or um, allow any new parent man woman primary secondary care it doesn't matter just take equal amounts of paid parental leave which is really important for gender equity Um, there's still a long way to go I uh, was at Toyota on Tuesday they had a fantastic story They've had 20 men within their organisation take paid the primary paid parental leave. So just the fact that men are taking it, I think, is a really good sign mm. around gender equity. Seems to also be increasing demand for support for those going through menopause. Are you seeing that as well, too, in, in, in what you're seeing, your figures? Yeah, so menopause is something that hasn't been spoken about enough. A lot of organisations want to hire more senior women, but there needs to be a recognition that menopause is a part of, you know, many, many women's lives. So what we're seeing now is that the menopause policies are actually the most downloaded resource by employers on our platform, which is 
which is incredible. With our What Women Want report, we saw menopause support as a key thing that women really wanted to see within workplaces. I still think that we've got a long way to go. You know, I had a conversation with a organisation about a month ago and they said menopause. Oh, we can't say that. The men will feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> what? Oh, I know, I know, I know. So, really? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah unfortunately. So... Uh, but like with anything, like we've seen with paid parental leave and flexibility, they will come along the journey at some time. You know, they mm. will have to. If, if they want senior women and, um, you know, to, to stay and thrive at their organisations, they need to take these things into, they need to take them seriously. So if you look back since when you began in 2015 to now, what change has made you most proud to instigate? Work 180 was a really key driver of the paid superannuation on the unpaid portion of parental leave. So a lot of women retire in more poverty than men because of the time they take out of the workforce to have children and such. So by employers continuing to pay superannuation when they take their paid parental leave, uh, it, it proves that there's that long term, longer term security and they're not missing out. So this is going back to 2016. We first had a conversation with uh, one of the large super funds and they we were t- they they said about this um, paying superannuation and the gap that women have. And so we set out then to start talking about this to employers and it was amazing to see the take up. And now, years on, so many organisations are paying the superannuation. And even the government, um, the Workplace Gender Equality Agency, actually added it into their criteria after that around what re- employers are reporting on. So that was definitely a very proud moment for us. I bet. Is there is there a point, Gemma, where you would say our work here is done with a particular company? Ooh. <laughs> I don't want to open up a big can of worms here. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it. it is no company is ever going to be perfect. It is about that progress over perfection. And, you know, within organisations, gender is one aspect, but there is the intersections that come with that, you know, around race and ethnicity, LGBT, age. And so I don't think that the work is ever going to be done. Um, yeah. What about changes in the future? And I'm talking about a, a federal level, maybe a message to the politicians in Canberra. Is there any change that you think needs to be made at a at a Commonwealth level to even the playing field for women? We need to take a leaf out of uh, Iceland's book and uh, the Nordic country's book where mm. they mandate that men must take the same amount of paid parental leave as women. And by doing that, um, it really breaks down this men are the breadwinners, women are at home with the kids. Everyone mm. has that shared responsibility and they have the same valuable opportunity to spend with their children, but then it plays out into the workforce that um, around gender equity. And they, those, that Iceland has the lowest pay gap in the world. Iceland? Yes. Incredible. So where does, this, where does Australia stack up on all of that, Gemma? I believe we're currently sitting around the 40 mark in the World Economic Forum. Mm. 
more work to do by the sounds of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about, okay, so the business has been going for uh, seven years, eight years now. Um, give, us a, give us an idea of the size and scale of the operation. You're, you've mentioned your co-founder. How many other people um, work in the business? How many clients do you have? Yeah, we've got over 250 employers that we work with. Most of them are over that 5,000 employee mark. However, it's really great to see a lot of the smaller organisations coming through and starting to work with us, you know, proving that diversity, equity, inclusion isn't just for the large corporates, but they want to get it right from from the very beginning. Um, And we're across Australia, the UK and the US as well, which we intend to be for the next few years before we start looking at other regions to expand into but yeah it's a it's a big global world problem so well congratulations to um to you and valeria it's uh it's an amazing business it's it's never easy starting your own company and uh to work with some of the clients that you are now maybe maybe a final question for those um company leaders that are out there that want to work with Work 180, what's the best way for them to to contact you, to go about it, to to set things up, Gemma? Yeah, so you can go to our website, work180.com, and please reach out. It doesn't matter where you are on the journey. We'll meet you where you are and we'll help you get there. It's, it's not about being perfect. It's about those small incremental changes that, that you can make that make a big difference. Gemma Lloyd, founder and CEO of Work 180. Thanks so much for coming onto the program today and all the very best in the years ahead. Thanks so much.